the fact that LeBron's number one and then Kobe's number two in all of these different categories and for the difference in MVP's distribution between the two of them to be four to one as a ratio is that just speaks volumes to the robberies that occurred in the 2000 to 2010. Welcome to the Basketball Forever podcast. I'm Nick Jungfer. As always, I'm here with Alex Sumsky. How's things, mate? Good. Very good. How are the you? Recent participant in a um, personality study. How did that go? Oh, that was interesting. Because I'm thinking that could inform the debates we have yeah, going, going like, forward. It was... Um, I, I scored really well in a, in a bunch of categories. And this is something that you've instigated to uh, get a handle on the personalities in the office and it informs future hires and everything. Yeah, I think I think it would be good <laughs> if we all did. I want to I do yours. I want to do Jordan's. Yeah. Everyone out there, I yeah. think knowing a little bit more about each other is pretty interesting. I rated really high on um, easily irritated. I also heard you rated very highly on um, or rated lowly on admitting that you're wrong. <laughs> That's, that was not a category. That's what I'm saying. Oh, trust. That's not a category. Oh, my God. Gosh. See, you've yeah. just you've you, you've so, immediately triggered my uh, irritation levels. Yeah, uh, which we know, which is already irritated. on a hundred out of a hundred. Yeah, yeah, easily irritated. So stay tuned for more irritation. There, there was a category that I think it was. You need to be able to. <laughs> it was you need to always understand like someone's perspective. So like you have a, uh, I have like a desperate need to like get understand to, why people are wrong yes <laughs> yeah, yeah which is i think like, more so how you would go about it it's like um if someone has a point of view on something like i try and understand like every facet of the point of view to work out like which actually relates perfectly to what we're doing today because we're going to be trying to understand how the mvp voters got so many different mvps wrong yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, uh, it's kind of for me makes the award like pretty arbitrary, given how we, like strangely it's been sort of distributed over the years and and the goalposts. It was good at moving shifts, all the time, right? Constantly, when shifts. everyone was, you know, frothing over Russ, mm. averaging a triple double. Well, that's kind of what changed the, everything. Yeah, that felt like a shifting point. But then as soon as the novelty wore off of that. Well, now we don't care about that. It was just really, yeah. it was just really fun when I remember there was a time where they really didn't award it to you unless you were a top three seed in your conference. Yeah, there was almost no, uh, no history of that being handed out to anyone. Yeah, it was very um, strange at the time. To they they essentially just scraped into the playoffs that team where Russ is doing everything. Yeah, and he, then he won, won the MVP. But the problem is that was an MVP award awarded on the basis for of course he was very valuable to his team but he'd, he'd obviously achieved like a historical season and and i think it was almost a legacy mvp award for that achievement to mm. um and, and and but what that did is because there was such a like drastic shift of the goalposts for criteria or at least what the perceived criteria was for how the award was handed out it brings into question every award that had come before it. There are plenty of people who mm. had had, a, had historical or you know statistically impressive seasons that were simply you know robbed on the basis that their team had not achieved you know fifty five, fifty eight, sixty, sixty plus wins. Right, right. Because I know you were very big on 
you know, that year in particular, Harden winning it. Yeah, I think that year from, you know, from memory was um, like, uh, to me, Harden was almost clear cut. I think. Um, well, Harden was close to a triple double himself. I'm just looking at it again here. Yeah. He averaged 29, 8, and 11. So it's not like he's far off. No. So he's doing very close to. And again, triple double, it, that in itself is kind of arbitrary. It's just this fascination that we have with nice, clean, round numbers. Yeah. It is impressive, sure. But because he didn't quite get there in one of the categories where he's 1.9 rebounds away, yeah, but isn't that made up for the fact that he won? Almost ten more games than Russ. Yeah, and I mean they they finished. Yeah, they finished eight 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 wins ahead of them. Yeah, um, and I and they did it. I, I remember ESPN. Uh, they had projected. Um, they had projected like the OKC. Were, they were going to finish ahead of the Houston Rockets that year. Right. So they've underperformed really, if anything. But yeah, um, I and mean Russ had to do so much. Ennis Cantor, yeah. Stephen Adams, Victor Oladipo, and Andre Robertson. They were all ranked ahead of Clint Capella, Ryan Anderson, Trevor Ariza, and Patrick Beverly that season. Mm-hmm. Um, Harden was responsible for almost half of his team's points. It was one of the most potent offenses in NBA history, really. And he had a you know two and a half percent higher you know win share percentage than Westbrook. And then Harden was like the only player to score two thousand points and then generate two thousand points for his team. Yeah, I mean you know factoring in scoring, passing, true shooting percentage. He had an argument for one of the greatest offensive seasons in NBA history. He basically had everything over Russ other than mm. being able to say that he averaged a triple-double. And he led the Rockets to the third-best record in the league, which was ahead of um, LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers, who were the defending champs. And then 2011 was another interesting one where Derrick mm. Rose wins it. Yeah. And that was another egregious one. Yeah. That one, I, I that kept me up at night, that MVP award. <laughs> I I don't understand to this day. I mean, I get it. It was like, well, the book. He, he was the best player on the best team. So by proxy, that was during the time where that's sort of how they were trying to hand out the award for the most part. And Derek Rose was a really exciting player, no doubt. Uh, right, everyone loved to watch but him. He's, he's scoring. He's scoring. He, volume scoring, and but that's about it. He's not he was a, a volume scorer. He's not played. a force defensively. Dwight was an absolute monster on both ends. Oh, there was a really great case for Dwight Howard that year. A great case for LeBron James, who had like you know four you know four percent higher you know win share percent, like it was or three percent or something like that. Yep. Um, he he had an incredible case. Derrick Rose was just an inefficient jump shooter with an incredible defensive well, team yeah. around him. Not just master. jump shooting, but yeah, like an inefficient scorer. That's what he's all about. I mean, He's going head first at the rim. Yeah. It was exciting and that's what captivated everyone and what made them so mad whenever you made the point it will, on the page back in the day yeah. that, you know, look, Chris Paul's a, a better point guard, which <laughs> that was true, but it still made people so mad that they looked up oh where my you gosh. live and found you on Google Earth and all of that. Yeah, that's that's when I really experienced my first bout of true hate from basketball forever fans because Derek Rose was just loved unconditionally at that time. Right. But I just couldn't see it. I, I could, I, and to this day, I mean, it's aged horribly, like the whole MVP narrative for Derek Rose. I mean, that he had the lowest player efficiency rating of any MVP in like the last 25 years or something like that, maybe mm. longer. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been an MVP that sort of achieved less yeah uh 
than him. He was, he, he, I remember, I think he shot 43% from the field. He was, he was the beneficiary of, of the, of the best defense in the league, um, and, which masked a lot of his deficiencies on the court uh, from, you know, from what I saw. And then he, he would just get exposed. Like, and I know that it's not a, an award that's handed out for anything that's achieved in the playoffs, but I remember that when, when the heat went against the bulls, that year, I don't know if you remember. I do. When they matched up, how like easy it was to defend Derrick Rose. Like I remember, LeBron James would would switch onto him, and then he would sag off, mm. and he would force Derrick Rose. He, he he took away like the capacity to sort of drive or drive effectively, uh, which was his bread and butter, as you mentioned before. Yeah, and he would force him into these jump shots or taking threes, and he just gave him all the space. And that's and, not his game. And he and, he, yeah. he was so rattled. He had yeah. no idea what to do with that. And it, as a result, like, it was easy to sort of just render Derek Rose, like, ineffective. It is a regular season award, but it often annoys me that it is. Sometimes mm. I almost wish we could just include the playoffs. And you know what? If you don't make the playoffs, you don't go deep in the playoffs, you're not in contention. Yeah. Because yeah. it's infuriating if someone wins it, and then they're just exposed in the, the following playoffs when it – when it matters more, when you can be scouted, mm. um, you know, you, like you you dropping fifty against Charlotte on a Tuesday night, and that gets counted towards the MVP. But who really cares about that? Uh, yeah, let, let me see how you go against the best players with the most pressure when they've had all week to scout you. But and- that brings um, that brings like players like Dirk. Mm. I mean, he won an MVP award and he averaged like twenty four points a game. I mean, given he he did take the Mavs to sixty seven wins, but then they got eliminated. Yeah, yeah. Like in... They had that disastrous... In spectacular fashion. Disastrous one against the We Believe Warriors. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a horrible exit. And I and I think Dirk said himself he didn't even feel like he deserved the MVP after that. Yeah, it is funny in a way when you think about, well, we put so much weight into this award, but this award only factors in the part of the season that we put the least amount of weight into. Yeah. It's just all a little bit funny when you think about it like that. It, it definitely is. And I think, you know, there's so many instances of players who are just given MVP awards based on narratives rather than, you know, what was actually occurring. I, right. I mean, Derek Rose, to me, being one of those. He was um, just the story, you know. He was the hometown kid in Chicago. He was so exciting offensively. Yeah. Everyone loved loved and adored. Um, that felt like a, a narrative popularity contest kind yeah. of thing. And then again, that was with, I mean, I think it was like sort of acknowledged by the league silently that there'd been so many instances where Kobe Bryant had been robbed of MVPs or potential MVPs. And he was probably robbed more than anyone else. I think, think so. I mean, and they gave him that 2008 one. And to me, that season, he deserved it the least. Yeah. Like there's almost a better argument in so many other seasons. He was amazing that year, but but he no was, one was more spectacular than Chris Paul. That was the best year of his career. He was just Chris in, Paul, incredible. Chris Paul was head and shoulders above everyone else. I think he like that year he was average career highs in scoring. Um, he you know it was like you know twenty two points, twelve assists a game. You know he was steals leader. He made Tyson Chandler look like a superstar. He made that whole Hornets team look like a, a bunch of all stars. And yeah. he himself, he was one of the most efficient. You he know, did make David West an actual all star for two years in a row. Absolutely, and, and I, David West was good, but mm. he's not an all star without the help of Chris Paul. And I think he had seventeen over seventeen win shares that season. Yeah, compared to Kobe's 
13 or 14, something like he that. definitely. A huge gap. I mean, yep. no one contributed to winning more than Chris Paul that year. And for him to get runner-up and Kobe to win it, I was glad Kobe finally had one to his name. Mm. But at the expense of Chris Paul, that was a bit sad. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Really, Chris Paul should have one, Dwight should have one, and Harden should have one. There should and have been other robberies. changes their legacies. Uh, yeah, Kobe's one of those ones where, you know, we and we were talking about this the other day. You look at Kobe's body of work and it's almost defies logic that he has one MVP to his name Yeah, compared to players like LeBron James with his four. I mean, we look at sort of, you know, body of work achievements, right? Uh, you've got the most player of the week awards in NBA history. That's LeBron James. Followed by Kobe Bryant. Most player of the month awards. That's LeBron James. Followed by Kobe Bryant. Mm. The most all NBA. That's LeBron James. Followed by Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant's equal first for all defense, uh, equal first, or sorry, third all def for all defensive teams and equal first for defensive first teams with um, Duncan. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got more than LeBron. Uh, you've got 18 all-star uh, selections, most all-time. I mean, there's, there's the, the list is endless of things where, you know, he, he was so great for so long and so consistently. Uh, and the fact that LeBron's number one and then Kobe's number two in all of these different categories and for the difference in MVP's distribution between the two of them to be four to one as a ratio is, I think, I mean, that just speaks volumes to the robberies that occurred in the two, uh, like the 2000 to 2010 yeah, you look at a year like 2006. I know it's not all about the basic stats, mm. but, you know, just looking at the numbers again now, apparently Steve Nash is 19 and 10. And again, I know that's underselling an incredible point guard, but Steve, Steve Nash, 19 and 10, he wins it. Apparently that was more valuable than Kobe's 35, 5 and 4. He averaged 35. And the other thing is, remember, he averaged 35, not in today's game, but in 2005 slash 2006 season. And, and what's that adjusted? And we adjusted that just based on what teams were scoring back then. Yeah. 39.8. So just about 40 points a game. Yeah, that's and that incredible. is the, the most. If you adjust, we just, one day I just sat down and went through all of them um, and adjusted, you know, every great MJ season, every great season that anyone's ever had. Mm. Kobe's was number one. No one's averaged the equivalent of 39.8 in today's game. That's yeah. clear-cut number one. So, yeah, Steve Nash was incredible. He was another guy. You know, we're just giving Chris Paul huge props for making his teammates better. I think Steve Nash did similar things. Yeah. Winning back-to-back, -back, Steve Nash having more MVPs than Kobe Bryant, it really was highway robbery, and that was one of the uh, glaring seasons where that occurred. I don't care which one you give Kobe, but you give him one of those ones. I think it's 06. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think 06 makes the most sense. I mean... The fact that that was a 45-win team is completely incredible. Yeah. Uh, and and then what he did in that season, I mean, that was the season he had 81-point, his 81-point game. Um, he had 81. He had 62 in three quarters against the Mavs. He had four more 50-point games and mm -hmm. four more games of 45-plus. I think he had two separate months of that year where he averaged 40 points per game. It was I, just insanity. I mean, no one carried a team. And that that – 
that team without Kobe would not even be an NBA team. You want to know who their top scorers are um, outside of Kobe? I could guess, but far away. <laughs> In order, Odom, yeah, he's good. But then it's Smush Parker, Chris Mim, Brian Cook, and Kwame Brown. Those players are G League players in today's game. Right. So Kobe's taking, taking them to the playoffs. You're taking a bunch of G League players plus a raw Lamar Odom to the playoffs. Is I mean, that's un, un, an unprecedented carry job. That is almost a larger carry job than what LeBron was doing in Cleveland, I right. think. Yeah. Because um, at least those guys in Cleveland, they, they were defensive workhorses for some of those teams. Yeah. Um, there, there was nothing doing with, with those with those Laker players. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I said before that, you know, scoring 40, well, he was, he was scoring 35. So adjusted numbers aside, only Rick Barry, Michael Jordan, and Wilt at that time had averaged more. So yeah. I think I was forgetting before about some of the stuff that happened in like the 60s. Mm. Um, but we don't care it's about still, that. No, no. I, I'd love to see Prime Gobi in the 60s as well. Can you imagine the cooking that would occur? But point is, he stood alone in so many different ways yeah. and comes away with no MVP. There's, there's a fair argument to make that I, I could right here, right now, easily justify to you three Kobe MVPs that aren't including that 08 one that he got. So if you want to keep that one and not give it to Chris Paul, he should have four today in my mind. And yep. I, I could make a case for all of them. I let, think... Let, let's hear it. I, oh, I think I think you could say 03 is... is It's reasonable. Um, that's a tough one because the Spurs were very good and Tim, right. Duncan, Tim Duncan was a huge reason Spurs for that. 60 games, Duncan averaged 23 and 13 and 6 and 3. Yes, but then Kobe Bryant was still first team, like he was all NBA first team, all NBA, all all defense first team. He averaged thirty a game, uh, thirty seven and six in fact, seven rebounds, six assists. Yep, uh, and I think he even shot thirty eight percent from three that year. That may well be the case. Yeah, I think he did. He <laughs> yeah. averaged forty five and thirty eight and shot Played every single game, all eighty two, all eighty two games. Yep. Um, and and he still carried the the Lakers he he did more carrying than Shaq did that that particular season right he so actually he, was better than Shaq was um yep I think Shaq only played 60 something games and he still got the Lakers to 50 plus wins yep. that to me was an MVP caliber season it's almost a coin toss who you give it to but if you were to just do it based on um like if you were to look at it from a body of work statistically and then the fact that they were still 50 plus and you know Shaq sort of yeah. you know, uh, wasn't, you know, the shack of 2000, 2001, 2002. That's an MVP in any other any other year, that's an MVP. Well, LeBron won MVPs off the back of putting up, you know. The same numbers. Similar numbers where yeah. it's it's more or less 37 and 7. That's yeah. what Kobe did here. He finishes third. He wasn't even second. KG was third. He averaged 23 and 13. Yeah, see, and I, and I think it was, it was a tough era for him because it was around the time of, um, was that was that around the allegation time? I believe that hadn't even happened yet. Hadn't happened yet. The right, following right. off season, so it I'm wasn't right. even a uh, a political thing or yeah, okay. you know, factoring that. Okay, in. that's fair enough. Um, but um, yeah, so 2003, definitely agree he's in the conversation, even though Duncan's a tough one. We all agree that 2006. Now it was either 2005 or 2006. You got to give him one. Yeah, I vote 2006. You know, that's when he averaged 35. Yeah. All the reasons that we said, I think. 
Um, and then I think, you know, then he won it obviously in 2008, although 2007 was an interesting year because he put up big numbers then. Still and, led the league in scoring. Yep. Exactly. And then, but the, the big one for me that always stuck out, and I always saw this as a confusing robbery, mm. was 2010. Yeah. 2010 was uh, the Lakers finished number one in mm. the Western Conference. They won 57 games. Kobe Bryant was obviously the best player on that team. Um, and but, it, but it's funny because he finished third in the MVP race behind LeBron and KD. The fact that KD, who had led the Thunder to 50 they won, wins. They won 50. So Seven less. That season, Kobe Bryant set a record for most game winners in a season. Right. He, he drilled seven game winners. Uh, uh, six were field goals and ones were free throws to seal the game. In those game winners, if, you, if he had have missed those, they're a fringe playoff team. Right. In fact, they're equal record to the Thunder. Yeah, they, they would, I think they would have tied. Uh, they, they would have been among four teams all tied with the same record right around the eighth seed. So they're struggling to get into the playoffs just on the cusp as opposed to number one seed. There's never been a clearer cut example of one player contributing to the elevation of a team. Right. Seven game winners. That's seven wins. And there was a seven win difference between the Lakers and the Thunder. And then in the in the season series where the Lakers played the Thunder, I think the Lakers won that three to one. Mm. And Kobe outscored Durant three to one in those matchups. Am he I, did. He am did. I, I was right? looking at that before. You're right. And so you take all that into consideration. They were in the number one seed. Um they finished with a few less wins than Cleveland, but I mean, Cleveland were in one of the weakest Eastern conferences of recent yeah, times. Yeah, you got to remember the East was so bad back then that teams would finish with a losing record and still get into the playoffs. Whereas the West, you could be almost ten games above five hundred and almost miss out. That's how much better. That's how much tougher they always called it the Wild West. Yeah. So there was a. I think given given all of those factors. I don't think I, – I think 2010 was a Kobe MVP year. Not to mention – and, I, again, we're not saying that this is – you know, playoffs doesn't come into it. But not to mention a back, another run to, at the finals and a win over the Celtics. I mean, he won the championship. He was the best player in the NBA that year. Triumphs in, in the finals. LeBron he was, did it all. got bounced before he even made it to the finals. No, he couldn't even get past um, – That was the Celtics that year. Yeah, the Celtics. And then the year before that, it was the – The Magic. The Magic. Yeah. Uh, so imagine getting cooked by the Magic. I mean, they were good that that Magic team, but do you remember those Nike ads with the puppets? Kobe I LeBron, know. and we thought we we're going to see Kobe LeBron. Yeah. It was unthinkable really at the time that he was going to lose. Yeah, they had Dwight, but no one was that scared of Jimmy Nelson, Rashad Lewis, Courtney Lee. Yeah. So, yeah, it was crazy. So you look at all of those things and it defies logic that Kobe missed out on an MVP that year in my opinion, mm. but uh, I know a lot of people are going to disagree with that. Um, but even if you still think LeBron deserved that year, and, you know, I'm not going to disagree. I He won it, right? So I'm know. happy to take that one from but, LeBron and give it to Kobe because LeBron had three others. He was given his credit. Of course, of yeah, course. Elsewhere. Of course. But then you still have to acknowledge that no matter what you think about who should have won it, the fact that KD finished ahead of Kobe that year in voting – Makes no. absolutely no sense. No, Kobe won more games. Kobe cooked KD every time they played each other. 
Well, like, what was that based on? And he drilled seven game winners to literally be the again the difference. I hate to harp on it, <laughs> yeah. but those game winners were quite literally the win and loss record difference between the two teams. Right. And it set the Lakers on the path to win the championship by having home court all the way through. You yes. may recall, mm. it came down to, to that. home court advantage. Having the number one seed means they get Game Seven of the NBA Finals yes. against Boston, which they at needed home. Yeah, and they needed every 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 aspect of that home game. That series that came down advantage. to the wire. Yeah, you're 100 yeah. percent right. So, you know, to me, if you go back through now, I mean, Kobe is missing out. Missing three MVPs. I mean, I think had he have not gotten injured that year uh, where he did his Achilles, there was an argument that he was MVP that season. I mean, yeah. I know I'm kind of getting a little bit fanboy now. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm Yeah, you want to give him like yeah, eight I'm, or nine MVPs. I'm, 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 I'm going to extreme there. But, you know, I was really impressed with the all-star break to the playoff run. What he did with that Lakers, second best record in the league after the Bulls yeah. was – just incredible again. I mean, it, it it's so disappointing that, like I said, a body of work that was so outstanding, he achieved so much and then to be rewarded with so little hardware-wise um, on an individual basis, obviously yeah. he won a lot of chips, uh, is, is a little bit disheartening. And it's funny because, you know, we've got the stats in front of us and we're talking about a lot of the statistical-based stuff. There's also just that fear that, Kobe strikes into the heart of any team that he mm. plays. You know, whenever he was playing against, you know, my favorite team growing up, mm. I was terrified. Um, it, it's just I didn't feel the same way when Derek Rose had the ball. No um, way. Kevin, a young Kevin Durant that we're talking about, you know, about 10 years ago. Mm. You just know instinctively this is the most dangerous dude in the league. Mm. And so there's those things that go into it as well that are beyond that numbers can't measure. Mm. Yeah, I remember Kobe used to – I just remember Kobe taking KD to school on this one play. Mm-hmm. We'll have to put it up on on the screen um, for those watching the video version of the podcast. But uh, I remember he, he brought the ball down and it was with ease. He 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 just faked the – he was going to – he crossed him over, but he he faked the pull-up with this like hezzy and it was just, you know, it was just an incredible move. And I, KD was so stunned. And I remember watching that live when it happened and it, and it was, it just looked, it was literally like a sensei just taking his pupil to school. And it, and it just really demonstrated to me. And the Lakers were up heavily that game yeah, too. Yeah. And it just reminded me of the, the worlds apart that Kobe and KD were. And KD acknowledged it for years. I mean, he always thought that Kobe was a better player than him, even though there's actually a better argument now that KD was a better scorer, better final scorer, all the rest. Like, KD's got numbers on his side uh, and efficiency too. But at this point, KD's still so young. Of course. And, of and course. Kobe's right, yeah. the prime of his life. Um, it's just madness to be putting KD ahead of him in any voting when even KD probably looked at that and thought, wow, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> am I yeah. really ahead of Kobe? Yeah, so I don't know. I think if you were to sort of... Do a bit of a MVP reshuffling for the over the last twenty odd years. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you give, um, I think you could comfortably give Kobe a bunch in. Uh, you know, you give him potentially one in 03. You can give him one in 06. You can give him one in two thousand and ten. I think you give LeBron Derek Roses in two thousand and eleven. I think, or you could give it to Dwight Howard. Give Chris Paul Kobe's in 08. 
Give, give, give Chris Borg Hobies. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Give Harden uh, Westbrooks. Westbrooks. And I think give Hardens to LeBron. <laughs> oh, God, it's getting confusing. Yeah. We've, we've, um, we've really done a reshuffle there. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. I, I think that, you know, given the constant changing in the criteria, it makes uh, it makes a lot of sense that we, you know, we should revert to one standardized, you know, set of principles and just redo everybody's. Here's a new rule as well, just quickly before we r- run out of um, camera tape, um, is that if you get cooked by, say you win the MVP, but you actually got cooked by one of your other competitors every time you played in the regular season, hand over the award. It, we'll call it the Kobe KD rule. The yes. other thing is, I know it's a regular season award, but if you get cooked by the dude in the playoffs, again, it's hand over the award. Hand it over. Yeah. Well, we've rewritten history once again. Uh, yes. Yeah. Everyone just let us know if you think we've... It's always a dangerous thing to rewrite history, but we've given it our best shot. Just let us know how you think we've gone and what changes maybe people want to rewrite our rewritten history. I think people will be so upset at the Derek Rose take once again, my life comes full circle. Right. We're circling back to when everyone's looking up where you live. Mm. <laughs> Luckily, half our audience. De- death threats in the mail. Yeah. All yeah. the rest. So you've got something to look forward to this week. Mm. Um, so. Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we'll be back here again next week. Um, and I guess you can fill that time by sending your hate mail straight to Alex. Mm. Don't send any to me, just all his way. Thank you very much. It's all my fault. And we'll uh, catch you guys next week.